I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am here with my co-host, Danny Dennis Carter, the 14th. What's up, JJ? We are here to wrap up this 2019 season and head into 2020 with an edge on the competition. Are you ready? I'm ready for the DGAF episode. <laughs> I, you know, I am also ready for the DGAF episode in more ways than one because I was forced uh, by my honor to make a white Russian before this fine podcast. This is correct. I'm drink JJ sees it with his own eyes. It looks like a vanilla latte, iced vanilla latte, but yeah. Well, I can tell you that it's not because I have taken four sips and I'm and I'm tipsy, uh, you know, edging on drunk. Um, it's so strong. It's so strong. I, I, I have very little milk product in here. It's, it's all Kahlua and vodka. So um, I... I have that going for me, which is nice. Uh, it is as horrifying as I remember. Thank you. I just want everybody to be to feel satisfied with me losing this bet. Yeah, speaking of that bet, I uh, I got a new blender for Christmas, um, and it's it's a lot better. So before I was using like a, a one of those Ninja blenders where mm -hmm. it wasn't a specifically for smoothies. It was like a big one, and then I'd have to pour it out into a cup. That's why I was drinking out of the. Uh, I can't even remember what that cup said in that video that I put <laughs> It was something, uh, from, something out of a Hallmark movie. You're right, right. Uh, and then I got this new this new blender, and it it it's a specifically a smoothie blender, so now I can just drink out of that cup that right. that you you put on the blender every day. Oh, sweet. Uh, and I'm basically saying this is a humble brag that I'm still smoothieing every morning. Yeah, I figured. I mean, once you got to a certain point, I was like, oh yeah, okay. So you're the one person uh, for, for whom this is permanent. You know, it, every everybody else had, does it does this for three months and then they stop. But for you, you're going to be doing this till you're 47 years old, which is well, it, was, it was funny. I was at FSGA uh, in Vegas this past week. And I'd say since the last FSGA, I probably have lost like five to 10 pounds just mm -hmm. from like different exercising and just trying to be smarter because I'm, I'm now getting old. You know, I'm a dad now. And once, once that happens, it just stuff changes. I feel you. So, so I'm, you know, I'm running a little bit more, getting that back in the routine over the last six months or so. But mm -hmm. also the smoothie thing has certainly not hurt the situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, I touted, <laughs> I, was a, I was a smoothie touter throughout that entire conference. <laughs> So wait, a beautiful are, thing. are you a smoothie salesman on the side? Are you like, do you carry a briefcase around? I mean, look, if you guys want to lose like five <laughs> to 10 pounds, you know, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea to, to go and replace anything that you're eating in the morning right. with a smoothie. I, yeah, I mean, I am a little bit jealous uh, because like, like all dads in their mid to late thirties and, and, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a few months away here from being, you know, uh, at 37, I'm, I'm going to be 37 soon. I, and you could tell I'm, I'm drunk because I'm rambling right now. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so I, I feel that I, I may have to eventually switch to the smoothie life, which would be a huge devastating loss for me in this back and forth that we have. That that would be the, the biggest L handed <laughs> that I've ever that I've ever given. Yeah, well, it would be 
it would be a, bit, a bigger L than uh, uh, Damian Williams truthers took earlier this year before, of course, they, they took back the L. They took uh, back the L. They absolutely <laughs> took back the L. By the way, how how hard were you rooting for the Chiefs? Oh, this past my week? God. So on the podcast, which you can find on the LTS Patreon page for the good folks, I, I called the Chiefs our last hope. Yeah. You know, for analytics, for a forward-looking, progressive-type uh, approach to the game of football, uh, Kansas City is it. That's they're our last hope out of the four teams that were remaining last week. Yeah, it w- it was really we we really really needed the Chiefs to win, and, and the way it was won was so perfect oh, because yeah. there were so many people in that first quarter that were tweeting. You know, th- this is th- this is Derrick Henry's team. Of course, Derrick Henry is going to score a touchdown in this game. It's Derrick Henry. Right. Look at how Derrick Henry is leading this team. Uh, just just seeing the turnaround happen uh, was brilliant. And and Patrick Mahomes is <clears throat> I, like people are upset if you say that he's essentially the, the the greatest quarterback talent that we've ever seen. But I look, I, I don't think it's it's really that insane to say that we haven't seen anything like this before. I totally agree. I think that we touched on this back in the you know early in the season, uh, where I I don't have any problems when I'm like watching football with people. If we're watching the KC game, if they're on primetime or whatever, I don't have any problems saying he's the best quarterback. He's the best quarterback. I, I don't like like I want to say ever. That's 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 what I that's what I want to say. And I don't care about Super Bowls, by the way. For me, Super Bowls obviously don't matter as a Dan Marino truther from way back. Right. Um, well, clearly, I mean, look, he era adjusted Dan Marino is is the goat, right? And I right. say that as right. a completely unbiased uh, Pitt oh, graduate, but that's but right. no, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> when, when you adjust for era and you look at things that way, Dan Marino was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but Mahomes is doing that in this yeah. era right now. And I understand it's premature. I understand he's only played, uh, you know, under 40 games to, to so far to start his career. But what he's doing, it, it's OK to at least speculate and say that he is on the verge of being at this young. Yeah on the verge of being the best quarterback that we've ever seen because he does so many things right. He's on that track, and I would say that the last person I saw on that track was Aaron Rodgers. So that that is one one little hesitance I, I hesitancy I have with you know with going all in on Mahomes. But I, I I've never seen anybody better. And this is the eye test and this is what we go by on LTS. Yeah, this is what definitely what we go by. Uh, what we go by is a process, Denny. <laughs> this, this is this is the transition that I'm going with. Uh, yeah. As as so, this is the DGAF episode. We typically it, this all started with us doing it week 17, um, but then we realized that we could record this way after week 17 because it's not like people are playing in week 17. Doesn't matter, and we have uh, lives that we you know this is usually Christmas time and, and such, so it's not the easiest to uh, to record. So. Uh, historically we've, you know, it started as a week 17 thing. We're going to give DGAF picks for week 17 because it doesn't matter, but it's turned into an episode where we really DGAF, but we also just answer questions. We talk about what happened in that previous season. And Denny, I have the results. Let's hear them. You are the fun. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so at quarterback this year, we started off a little bit shaky. Um, that happens, uh, from a streaming perspective, mostly because, uh, players will get off to a hot start, and it's very unsustainable. It's tough for them to sustain uh, those numbers. You know, Russell Wilson being a good example of that this year. Uh, if you look at our main plays this year, 
uh, and this this might fluctuate. You know, if, if you were keeping track on Patreon, for instance, it might be different than what's in my spreadsheet, or at least slightly different. Um, but we averaged 19.4 points per game at the quarterback position with our main plays, which would be the QB eight in points per game with Matthew Stafford and the QB seven without Matthew Stafford. So we ended up uh, the the final week of the season was really big because we had Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. for instance, think yeah. man Andy Dalton as well. Uh, it was a really big week to to help us there, but. It was really in line with what we typically do. We, we're, we're usually in the QB6 to QB8 range with our streamers each year. Uh, so I think it was strong. And then with all of our plays, it was a lot worse. Uh, it was 16.3 <laughs> points per game. That's about QB18, which is basically Kirk Cousins. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's where we were this year with all of our plays. But again, you guys know that we are throwing darts with yeah. some of our quarterback plays and really all the plays well, uh, when, when we're talking about deeper plays. Yeah, the, the quarterback gets really tough after about week four or five where uh, anybody who emerges in September as like a legit every week option, they're obviously off the board for us. And so, you know, by week 13, 14, 15, 16, we, we were scraping guys off the waiver wire who, you know, may have – come in as a backup or a third string and just happen to have a good matchup that week. This is, this is not excuse making. This is just, this is just a fact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if you, if you look at what we did early in in the season too, I believe week one, we were streaming Matthew Stafford who ended up being a really good fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, You know, we don't have the luxury of just holding on to Stafford. Uh, We don't have the luxury of drafting Lamar Jackson and just having him as our quarterback week in and week out. This was an unbelievable year for late-round quarterback, for the record. Just an unreal season for drafting quarterbacks late, whether it was Dak, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Uh, there were Even Russell Wilson, to a degree, was a late-round pick, even yeah. though he kind of sucked during the second half of the season. Uh, it, it was a really good season for late-round quarterback, which is the number one strategy here to, to go with, and streaming is your, your fallback plan in most cases. That's right. Uh, at tight end... Our main plays averaged 11.2 points per game. That was the tight end 11. It would be the tight end 10. If you don't count Will Disley, who I think only played six games. So I think we can say it was around tight end 10. Uh, not a bad season at tight. I mean, tight end's a lot harder to do this. It's a lot more volatile. Although two years ago, we somehow had the tight end three. <laughs> That's which is, so crazy. Which is literally our... our, uh, our our Aaron Jones of 2019 season. Yeah, that's right. Complete outlier. We kept picking guys who scored a lot of touchdowns. Like it was similar to the Kyle Rudolph thing this year, where it's not like he was getting a ton of volume, but he was score scoring a lot of touchdowns in that window. I'm sorry that I'm stumbling over my words. This this this, this white white Russian is kicking my ass. It's like, yeah, he's getting owned right now. He's getting owned. Uh, when you look at all tight end plays, uh, that only actually dropped us to about tight end 13 or tight end 12 if you remove Will Disley. And it's because there was a huge drop off at around tight end nine ten where Jared Cook was. It was that that's where the true drop off came of like somewhat reliable tight ends that you can trust week in and week out, which is you know another show. It's another example of why the tight end position is such a dumpster fire. Uh, defense, as usual, uh, we kicked ass at defense. It's it's the easiest position to stream. Uh, it, it's just it's not a difficult thing to do because there's a lot of there's a lot of volatility week to week. Sure. But there's a lot of volatility week to week with the individual defenses that you would be playing. Right. So whether it's San Francisco or Pittsburgh or whoever, it was really uh, New England was the defense that really beat us. But all the other defenses, we were right in line. We were defense three. We had 10.6 fantasy points per game with all of our plays. So including the deep plays, we had 9.3 fantasy points per game, which was the defense five. So 
Defense, look, this is something that is very consistent every single year. You know, if you're iffy on streaming quarterbacks, if you're iffy on streaming tight ends, it's understandable, especially tight ends to a degree. Uh, But defense, you should be streaming defense. I saw a great post uh, by Mike Clay from ESPN today showing that the Patriots in the first half of the season, Patriots defense, of course, which was the bane of our existence, except for you who had them in Apex, uh, scored 21 points per game. Uh, in the first half, and then they scored, I believe, seven points per game in the second half, which is the volatility that we were talking about for a long time. I, I hope that people remember that, but in a way, I don't because you know, if you're in a league with somebody who's targeting the Patriots' defense in the fourth round next year, you know that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and also, I you know, I I had the Patriots. I think we both talked about it probably on the mm-hmm. show too, but. Uh, the Patriots were a sell candidate for me on, on 15 transactions around that time, too, because it was very obvious they weren't going to be able to maintain what they were maintaining. People didn't like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's what, what happened this season. I'd say it started a little rough, <laughs> and it ended very strong. Uh, well, and it, uh, I meant to say this for tight end, by the way. Uh, we pushed Darren Waller hard, and I know yeah. everybody in the fantasy football industry did. There was a... Uh, uh, you know, as the Zoomers are saying, a pissing contest uh, a few months ago about who was first on Darren Waller. Uh, and it just, it got ridiculous where people were like, I was on Darren Waller when he was in high school. Um, right. And uh, so, but we, you know, we mentioned him as, hey, as a 13th, 14th round pick, you might want to pick this guy up. I think he finished as a top five tight end. So, you know, that, that, I think that also registers in the, in our process as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I talked about that on the late round podcast actually this week. So, uh, all right, let's get to the questions. This is the fun part of the DGAF. Right. This is the fun fun part of every episode, if we're being honest. Yeah, it, it's the it's the only part anybody listens. You know, yeah, so people don't even give it. People don't even listen to the advice anymore. <laughs> uh, this is from at Diego twenty four FPS. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Greg for winning the uh, Living the Stream Listener League, which. Uh, happened via a stat correction. Yes, dramatic fashion. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy, uh, pretty insane. But congrats to Greg, uh, who deserves it because he's been he's been managing our Facebook page, our, our fan fan driven Facebook page yes. uh, for for quite some time. So I'm I'm very happy for him. Uh, it was a tough a tough beat, um, but it was one that that's well deserved. That's right, Greg is my president. That's what I think. You just cut out a little bit. What did you say? I said Greg is my president. There we go. Okay. We we needed that. <laughs> Got to have that. That's that's the that's the <laughs> highlight of the show right there. <laughs> All right. This question's from at Diego twenty four FPS. Now that you're both dads, do you ever think about doing something mildly athletic, but then decide not to do it because you're afraid you're too old now? Sometimes I want to jump over short fences, but I chicken out because I'm worried I'll trip and bust my face like an oaf. First of all, good 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 use of oaf, dad. Oaf, oaf. Oaf is a very dad term. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Diego. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Okay. Uh, I so, feel like this happens all the time now. Yeah. I I know what you're saying. Um. So my my issue is not whether I can make the jump, um, over like a short fence, like you're saying, but it's it's the, um, humiliation that would come with you know. With, with with not making it and then not being able to say, oh, well, you know, I could have made it because no one knows you can at this age and at this stage of life, 
it's 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 an assumption that you probably can't make that jump or make that do that athletic thing right so right. if you fail it's like doubly embarrassing compared to when you were 18 or 20 years old that's that's how i feel yeah yeah i i also think though too uh even with like uh, athletic feats at the gym, let's say, okay. or like your, your own exercise, you almost sometimes, or at least me in the back of my head, almost don't want to do certain exercises because I knew how good I used to be at that exercise. And I don't want to demoralize myself. As speaking of big gym, JJ, and that's, it's, that's not uh, an actual person, but big, uh, G Y M, uh, <laughs> as I've, I've railed against, you know, this, the big gym, uh, on the show before, I read the other day that over 90% of people who sign up for their gym membership do not ever go to the gym. What? They don't ever step foot into the gym. What? Are you kidding me? And this is the business model. The business model is shaming and guilting people into signing up for a service that they will never use. This is diabolical. That, sound, that sounds like what the athletic does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love the athletic, and I love the people that write for the athletic. Uh, yeah, they are good. But <laughs> it's a really good site, actually. Yeah, it's actually really good. I would recommend it. But the yeah, the, so yeah, I, the NPR had this thing about how gyms are just a huge scam, and it, and it really, you know, anything that validates my my you know beliefs, it you know is is good. You know, I, I will listen to it. I'll turn off anything that that challenges my belief system. So, um, like a good American. But the uh, but that that really that really. Uh, raise my eyebrows. Anyway, let's get on to the next question. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, next question is from at Troy Like Stuff. What are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I feel like this is a great transition. And did you make any of them this year? Mm, it is. Wow, that is really on. Uh, yeah. On point. So, so I I sometimes make resolutions. I, I'm not a big resolution person. Uh, I feel like it's just I don't need this like this arbitrary start to something. Time wise, I just I don't need it. There's no the the only reason why to, to me New Year's resolutions are the way that they are is because everyone overeats and and destroys their bodies over the holidays. That that's right, yeah. Like if that were to happen in May, then we would we would have some sort of other type of resolution, not New it, Year's because it's not New it would Year's be, Eve, but it would be June first resolution. That, right, right. That's that's my take. So if. I, look, I'm all for if it if it motivates people to do something, that's great. Uh, I'll I'll sometimes like I think a couple of years ago I said I was going to read a book a month and I didn't do that. Um, but <laughs> I you know it's fine. I, I I didn't set any this this year though. I I don't I don't really set like hard and fast uh, resolutions. Um, but uh, my, my one is definitely drinking more White Russians. Uh, kidding. Uh, two. Uh, well, the the one that I'm halfway serious about is doing other exercises rather than the same exercises I've been doing for years and years and years, which is, uh, uh, you know, running push-ups and sit-ups. Uh, I feel like anytime I do anything else, I, my body is terribly sore because I only work like the, you know, the, the muscles that get, get worked during those the exercises. Right. So I'm trying to get away from it. I'm doing JJ. It's called, I think it's called high intensity interval training. Yeah. That some, some hit workouts. That is intense. Yeah, they suck. Why would you do that to yourself? That is torture in hell. I will have to do hit workouts forever. Yeah, um, oh, it's 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 rough. There's there's some good uh, 
slightly lower impact ones like that. That's more that that are more kickboxing oriented. That you. I mean, I'm do I'm doing the. Oh yeah, you do the kickboxing thing. Yeah. I I haven't as much, but I so one thing I will say with the New Year's resolution thing is that I do try to just generally in my life set certain goals. You know, whether it's uh, drinking smoothies every morning until Thanksgiving, or whether it's uh, for instance, I'm I'm going to be doing I, I did that marathon relay right back in in november with my my pal and and a lot mm -hmm. of you know him mike leone from daily mm -hmm. roto the dfs guy um leone and i ran ran the marathon relay and i'm gonna take a longer leg this year and i'm gonna do it faster than i did this past mm -hmm. marathon relay because i ran really poorly but uh that i i just generally try to have those goals where like i'm not saying like i have to start on these goals on mm -hmm. january 1st I, I think that you're setting yourself up for failure if you set uh a, especially a lot of resolutions you know a, a lot of yeah. uh new rules for your life because uh, that means that you're having to make major adjustments uh and 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 sticking to them and so you know you mentioned the word demoralizing earlier. There's not much more demoralizing than setting a goal and then immediately failing at it. You know, right. uh, that's, uh, it makes me think of Michael Scott in the office where he says, uh, uh, he says, you, you set a, a resolution on New Year's to floss and then New Year's night, New Year's Eve, you're flossing and there's blood everywhere and you just quit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's very good. Uh, this next one's from at by Corey J. Corbin. Since Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards and four touchdowns, do running backs matter now? Okay, <laughs> go, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, this is what we I talked about on the the podcast on Patreon. the The conversation around running backs matter has never been more confused than it is right now. Never, never. The the running backs don't matter argument doesn't say Denny can run behind the San Francisco offensive line. Right. The running backs doesn't matter argument says that running backs are relatively replaceable and therefore you shouldn't spend on the position, whether that be in the draft or whether that be via free agency. And Raheem Mostert is a perfect example of why running backs don't matter. Damian Williams too? Damian Williams too. But look, look, I, I think that there's a lot more nuance. This is shocking. Than, than what Twitter obviously <laughs> runs with. Yeah, I know. Um, th there's a lot more to it. Like there are there are uh, small samples where running backs that are good in terms of uh, or, or maybe, maybe good's the wrong descriptor. Running backs who are expensive slash were drafted early. There right. are going to be small chunks in time where they matter, where they're playing way out of their minds and expectation wise. And that that's what happens with variance and with uh, just just gen outliers can happen, mm -hmm. but they always regress. Right. Derrick Henry, you know, he, he was going to regress at some point and that point of regression happened against Kansas City. And I would expect it to continue to happen in the next season. Uh, he, he wasn't going to maintain what he was going to maintain. And that's really what the the running the what's sustainable in the NFL, whether it's with team building or just generally how you're how you're uh, evaluating these offenses. What's sustainable is passing offense, not rushing offense. Usually, the rushing offense is driven by the passing offense, and people don't want to hear that. They just that's don't. Right. They just don't want to hear that. There's a reason that Derrick Henry got uber efficient and really really good in fantasy when Ryan Tannehill took over as quarterback. Stanley Hill played a whole of a, a hell of a whole lot better. A whole of a hell of a lot better was so Ryan. Drunk. 
I'm 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 such a lightweight. You don't understand. Denny's hammered. This is great. Uh, uh, so by the way, the the KC versus San Francisco Super Bowl situation, to me, it seems like one team has a very fragile approach to offense, and of course, that team would be the 49ers, where you know if they can't run it 40 times against Kansas City, you know, can they can they win? Like, can they actually put up the points to to beat an offense? like the chiefs and i think the answer is no i don't know how how you feel about that but the the uh, whereas you know the 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 anti-fragile approach i think would be how kc goes about it which is you get down by 24 points at home in the first quarter right and you're able to run away with the game because when your offense when your offense needs to listen to me slur when your offense needs to um it can put up a ton of points, and I don't think the Niners can do that. Yeah, so definitely what Kansas City is doing is is going to be more sustainable. I'd say this about the Niners. They can still throw the ball pretty efficiently. They did this year, at least per dropback. So, like, it, it's not as though Jimmy I, – I know I understand the the uh, the hate towards Jimmy G right now because he hasn't done much in the playoffs because he, <laughs> he, has, he, he hasn't had to do much in the playoffs. Um, but I, it's the same situation with, like, Minnesota. Minnesota was one of the more efficient passing offenses in the league this year. It's about efficiency, not cumulative numbers. It's why what Dave Gettleman came out and said, how the the, the top passing offenses weren't in the playoffs, uh, it's not about cumulative numbers because we obviously know that game script and game flow has a lot to do with that. It's about how efficient these teams are doing what they're doing. And if the 49ers can maintain six and a half yards per carry week in and week out and they prove that they can do that, then they should continue to run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not a situation where pe- people think that like analytics is anti-run game. Analytics is not anti-run game. Analytics is for using information that's available to be more effective with your decision making. And and if your decision making, if if all the information is saying you should be running the ball because there are nine defensive backs on the field, then you should run the ball. It's not a run versus pass thing. It's just that passing historically over the last fifteen years, ten fifteen years has been a lot more effective per dropback. That's right. That's right. And obviously, Blake Bortles could have won the Super Bowl with the Niners this year, and I won't hear otherwise. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, Next question. At JaredR325, how wild did JJ get in Vegas? So I was in Vegas last week. I don't get that wild anymore, guys. Come on. Yeah. Also, Also, we're fairly conservative. I mean, you you, you and me. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not. Yeah. You guys know us at this point. Personally, we are we are pretty con- conservative, especially as we as we get older here. When we met in Vegas, I don't think either of us got got crazy crazy. No, drunk. I mean we just we just drank and hung out and were up late hanging out. But it was yeah. the t- it was you know it was just a fun time. Yeah, exactly. No, I I mean yes, JJ sent me a, a shirtless uh, picture of himself at three o'clock in the morning, but. You know, besides that, I yeah. I don't think he got crazy. That was after being in in the Bellagio fountains. I was <laughs> swimming in the fountains before I took that picture. I, in the background of the picture, you see the cops swarming yeah, in on. Right, right. Uh, this next question is from at Didymus. Between the two of you, who is more likely to wear an NFL Shield logo cap to a game oh. if you aren't cheering for either team to win? Oh, me. Yeah, it's it's Denny. This isn't even close. Yeah. Denny Denny is Rob Lowe for sure in this situation. It's just oh, not close. Uh, what you know that so for those of you who don't know, Rob Lowe was at the NFC Championship game wearing an NFL cap. 
Yeah, it's and, bad. And actual, like, the logo of the NFL was on his cap. This was the most absurd case of pandering that I've seen in my life. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really like I don't think you would ever do something like that. I just think that you are more likely than I am to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, you would probably just wear wear some sort of uh, Pittsburgh based cap, no matter <laughs> no matter where you went. Right, right, right exactly, exactly. Uh, this next question is from at Duber Johnson. He has two in a row. If you could invite one celebrity to join you and your friends on a bachelor party, who would you choose? One friend. One one celebrity. One celebrity. Sorry, one celebrity. Um, I don't. Do you have one? Yeah, I, I would choose Tom Everett Scott personally. Oh wow, wow, wow. Okay, you're you're <laughs> you're quite the quite the second. By the way, can I can I say something? Just just this is a. I'm gonna throw a hook in the show. This but this is the DF episode, so it doesn't matter. Uh, my dad is here. <laughs> Craig, oh wow. Craig, Craig Carter is here. Can he say hi to everybody? Uh, of course, of course. Okay, hold on one second. Say hi, Dad. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? How's it going? What? It's been it's been it's been probably a year since I talked to you. I know, I know. You should see how great my hair is now. You <laughs> yeah. <wouldn't believe> it. <laughs> Man, like like father, like son. There you go. Awesome. There you go. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Kansas City. You have lost your mind. <laughs> You have completely lost your mind now. Hey, I can't believe. I'll be honest with you. I thought KC before the line. Before I knew the line, I thought KC. I thought San Fran be a four point, four or five point favorite. That's what you but thought the K, line would be. KC comes out with a one and a half point favorite. Man, you can lock them up on San Francisco. You heard it. You heard it here first, folks. San Francisco plus one and a half. Just bet it all. Is it? Is it the? Is it all about the defense wins championships mantra? Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. I love right? it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's. Uh. That's exactly. Uh. uh how we watch football is my dad uh, complaining. <laughs> uh, complaining that they're not running the ball enough and that they're not playing right. good enough defense. Well, you know, I always say, if you run the ball better and you tackle better, you're gonna win the damn game. <laughs> it's. It's. A, it's. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see y'all later. All right, I'm tr- I'm triggered. By the way, yeah, that's uh, that's I-, I would be too. I haven't asked my dad yet. I'm gonna see what he says. So he, this he's, whole- he's he's not a, my dad's not as uh, high T. <laughs> yeah, he's not as high T. Yeah. yeah, no, my dad is my dad is made of testosterone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> um, uh, so the celebrity that I would want besides besides Tom, of course, um. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of someone who's not totally alienating. I wanted to say Daniel Day Lewis, but that would be the worst thing ever. I yeah, think. that would be that would be bad. Um, who do I want to hang out with? Well, I mean, I love the character Jim on The Office. I want to hang out with Jim on The Office. Uh, just his character. Yeah, just his character. I don't know about. I don't know John Krasinski. I think his name is. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to hang out with him on his new CIA show, Jack Ryan or whatever. Yeah. You know, the, the the real answer though is probably Paul Rudd. Oh, the real answer is Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean Paul Rudd is just the the greatest human like on this planet. Dang. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm not sure if I could come up if I could come up with a better one. Did mm. you hear did you hear the story of the one reporter or I, I think that's what I'm I'm sorry that I'm I'm not trying to be like mean mm-hmm. not not knowing what her title like what she does really. Um but she was on a plane going to Kansas City for the game. 
and Paul Rudd was on her flight and she was like nervous about saying about approaching him and saying uh, and asking him to basically say, do, do the hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought, you know, like the his yeah. line, essentially. So she like brought up that she wouldn't say that to him or whatever. But then she saw him in the Chiefs lock because he's a Kansas City guy. She saw him in the Chiefs locker room after they won and he recognized her from the plane and uh, she walks over to him. He walks over to her and he 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 does the hey, look at us. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Like how unbelievable. Like this guy's amazing. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Right. I love that story. Yeah, it's great. I, I there's a tweet somewhere. Someone on the someone listening will probably be able to find it faster than me. But wow, and slash is... slash tell the story better than I just did. Right. Yeah, probably all of our listeners are, are well versed in this. Yeah, they're probably very story. mad at the way that I just told the story too. But that's um, that's generally what happened with the story. Is something like that happened for sure? Um, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't think of anybody else. Let's go to the next question. Okay, it's from the same guy. He says, "Where do you see yourselves in twenty years?" Oh my God, I'm I'm in an existential crisis now. I mean, we'll be underwater, right? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No politics here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Definitely something that should be politically. But but yes, yes. Learn to swim, uh, as one band once said. <laughs> yeah, I'll, um, be, I'll be in my swimming pool. Yeah. Uh, so in twenty years, I will be fifty. Six. 50, okay. Okay. I'll be I'll be fifty. Oh, I'll be I'll, I'm turning thirty-two next month. Uh, okay. Folks, so, be, so I'll be about fifty-two. Fifty-two, okay. So what will we be doing at, what will I be doing at fifty-six? I, I mean, mean you'll you'll have kids that have graduated college at that point. I mean, no offense to anyone, but I don't think I'm gonna be doing the fantasy thing. Yeah, I mean eventually this podcast <laughs> isn't gonna happen anymore. <laughs> Right. I mean, this podcast, like I, I, if I'm still writing about kickers at 56, I, I think something <laughs> has gone terribly wrong in my life. Well, maybe. no, I mean, you're going to be living in your mansion uh, that was created via Patreon. Oh, the, the Patreon mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at least that that, uh, you know, this, this this podcast served its purpose. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'll, I'm probably going to be still doing the fantasy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I mean, I may be just living uh, in a um like you know a, a commune maybe in the woods i don't yeah, know it's probably a good idea of <laughs> a huge beard uh next question at adrian underscore charlie will denny log off during the off season i will i will thanks for asking adrian i um will log off the day after the super bowl so monday the F- february 3rd i think um and i will be offline for 69 nice days um, and so that'll bring us into April, I think, before I log on again. So many things are going to happen in between. I think that I made a list for you last year. Of the things that happen. Yeah, the thing, well, things I, that happen. I'll, I'll do, yeah, on, on Twitter and so I'll, I'll do that again. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually finishing up uh, a book type project um, that, uh, that I started last year. And um, I really think I can get it done. Uh, and hopefully all of you buy it. This next question is from at Swervin Shervin. Which JJ had a more disappointing 2019? Our Sega Whiteside for uh, getting outplayed by Greg Ward. Abrams for making the worst Star Wars movie. Or late round QB for still associating with an unverified hack in Denny. <laughs> I will never be verified. Do you hear me, Twitter? I will never be verified. We got to make that happen. No, no, no. I refuse. I am a man of the people. I, I'm not an elite like you. <laughs> Next question. At Goat Waddles. How do you tie your shoes? 
put both shoes on, then tie the laces, or put one shoe on and tie laces before putting the second shoe on. So this is not totally unlike the uh, sock shoe, sock shoe situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, though, I generally am a, a slip the shoes on and off kind of person. So I'm not tying my shoes every single time I put shoes on. Mm, like the Zoomers do. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, very much a pro keeping them them tied. But my, my running shoes, for instance, uh, I do have to do that. I guess I do put both shoes on first and then tie both of them. I Yeah, that's what I do, too. I think any well-adjusted person does that. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, next question. At Mama Luigi MN. <laughs> Minnesota, maybe. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you've had to explain to one of your kids? This is definitely more for Denny because Avery's not quite the age where she even understands the the repercussions for things that she does. Last night, I had to explain the FDA to my daughter, who got scared by an Arthur episode where a candy company was putting essentially heroin in candy bars. I have to look that up, by the way, because that is really that sounds, alarming. That sounds really bad. Yeah, not great. No, uh, heroin and candy. Oh, so uh, because they got addicted, maybe. I don't know. Um, so I this is actually this is a great question. And I have a very recent example. Only last week, I had to explain to my seven-year-old son what Chernobyl was. How the hell do you do that? Well, it wasn't easy, but here's what happened. So uh, I have a, a morning mix of songs it's really just a randomized thing that itunes says i'll like and of course they played a david bowie song called time will crawl which has a an extended part about chernobyl in it they never say he never says the word chernobyl but it's about and xavier says dad what is this about i I'm, so, so you know, he he's he is compre i know that he's a smart kid but he's like comprehending lyrics at seven years old like this yeah, I mean, he listens. Listen, this kid listens to music uh, like like I've never seen. He will sit there and just and just listen and ask questions over and over and over again. And that's what he was doing with this that's song. Amazing. That's sweet. Time will crawl if anyone wants to listen. Anyway, I had to explain it, and I'm like, I'm like trying to like break it down, you know. And I and I'm like, there's a thing called a nuclear reactor, and it can be good for people, but it can also make people really sick if it leaks out into the ground and into the water and goes into the air. And so, yeah, I had to explain freaking Chernobyl. Wow. Did he, did he take it all right? He, um, he did. Uh, he goes, he goes, wow, the people who made that nuclear reactor are trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. Yeah. That's good. Next question at BSSTRM. Have you guys still only hung out in real life twice? You said this on an old pod, and I can't believe it. When are you going to hang out next? Uh, do we need to up? Do we need to up our patronage? Yes, that you, you do. If everybody would give sixty nine bucks a month, I think we could do it. If we can find like a good location to go to, um, to make like a meetup happen, I'm all for it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why. We, I, you know, cause you, I think you have room for us, you know? So I think that we could meet up with you in Charlotte. Maybe everyone just come down to Charlotte, just stay at my house. It'd be great. Yeah. I mean, they, we, we really, really should do this. We, we, I read this question and I thought to myself, uh, we need to make this happen in the summer of 2020. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, next question at sweet Pete one zero three four. 
How do you proceed after accidentally making eye contact through the stall in the public bathroom? Of course, we have a, a bathroom question. And how does it differ depending on what side of the wall that you're on? Like I, to me, to me, the person on the outside who's not in the stall, if they may, if, if if eye contact is made and you're outside the stall, that that's bad. That's bad news. Bad news for you. You have yeah. to you have to play it off. Right. What, what the person in the stall, what are they going to do? They're, they're sitting there doing their business. Where are they going to they, they supposed to look to the side? Do you guys look to the side and look down yeah. whenever you're taking a dump? You got <clears throat> if you're the person on the outside and you make eye contact, you got to leave. You got to go. Yeah, I, I think you sprint out of the bathroom and find another one. I, I was, you know, I was thinking for a minute. I was thinking and you're right. You're right, JJ, by the way. But I was thinking that the person on on the toilet should be to blame that's not that's not right and i was going to say if that happens and you're on the toilet then you go ahead you turn around and you drown yourself in the toilet <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not, <laughs> the, the person look you're in a confined space you can't do anything the person who is on the toilet is not in the wrong for anything that happens that's, that's along the lines of eye contact and no they are completely blameless yeah yeah next one at eddie underscore straight has there been a, a living the stream listener question that has changed something you do in real life? I can't put on shoes without being cognizant of going sock shoe or sock sock shoe shoe. I thought I saw this question. Do you have any do you have any examples? I don't think so. I, I one one thing that I am careful of on this show to a degree is uh not sounding like a dumbass. Because people will come after me. Well, we have really smart listeners. Yeah, yeah. There, there's look. I, 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 my, my, my group of high school friends. Right. I'm probably the dumbest of the seven of us. <laughs> okay. Like we, we have, we have the smartest people that I've ever come across in my entire life, who I just happened to meet in high school. Slash, some of them even before that, and brilliant guys. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm used to this sort of relationship. Is what I'm right. saying. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I'm, I, I feel you. There are, um, okay. I tweeted yesterday. I had a, a just a terrible tweet about, um, space exploration and, and people were owning me viciously yes. for hours and hours and hours. And that's fine. I, you know, I, I set myself up for it, but the responses were really smart and really well reasoned. And it reminded me that, oh yeah, there are a lot of people who are smarter than me who are following me, who have, you know, 106 followers, um, yeah. but are, you know, are way, are way more intelligent than me on the Patreon page all the time. I come across people where I'm like, who do you think you are, man? Who do you think you think you're the analyst? You're not the analyst, but, yeah. but they're, but they're great. They're very smart. Yeah. I, that, that's the one thing I think with this show, um, with really anything, like I really try to filter my, uh, this is going to sound crazy to some people because some of my tweets probably are horrible, but like I try to filter myself with everything I produce to a degree. I don't mean filter as in don't get my thoughts out there on topics. I mean, do it in the best way possible. Right. Yeah. That's I, it's, it's very, very important because you can just get destroyed otherwise. And also with, uh, I, you know, and this is, uh, you don't have to acknowledge this, but your following is huge. And, and it, so when you have a, a, a really like a ton of followers, how many you have at 90,000 or something, you, you do have to be careful. And I probably wouldn't tweet as much if I had as many followers as you do, because the backlash is just too much. It's just too much. And so obviously if you want me to stop tweeting, tell your friends to follow me. 
But sometimes it's so good because, like, it's not even the initial tweets, but it's the response to other people responding to me uh, on Twitter. And, like, one of the tweets was that I sent this season, during the season, was... So, if you guys want to see, like, like a, a, a less filtered version of me, just look at how I'm responding to people. You'll be able to see a little bit more. But there was one where early in the season I said, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Russell Wilson, and then it's the rest of the league, right? Because oh, they were yeah. dominating. Okay? Oh, man. And someone responded about Aaron Rodgers, and I responded to him saying Aaron Rodgers hasn't been elite since the second Obama administration. <laughs> and so I sent that tweet, and, and then today, so Ben Baldwin, who a lot of you guys know from The Athletic, He's been on this anti-Aaron Rodgers crusade all season for good reason, right? Because it's a very logical take to say that Aaron Rodgers is overvalued by the masses. Uh, and Ben has been been doing great work on it. And he is victory lapping it right now because he should, because he got destroyed by Packers fans for his take. But I DM'd him uh, the other day and I sent him a tweet about that tweet about uh, Aaron Rodgers not being elite since the second Obama administration. And then, of course, he retweets it after he sees it because he needs all the ammo that he can. Oh, yeah. Probably to divert the attention a little bit off of him, too. Yeah. Um, he, yes, Ben Baldwin will retweet any Aaron Rodgers slander. That This is this is what I've yes, learned. And it's great. It's great. It's a, it's a good brand. It's very fun. Um, and people get really, really upset over it when it, it's literally a, a football team and it's their favorite football team and it shouldn't matter. It, it is it is fun. And he happens to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is usually the case with him. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Uh, next question. This is from at mana underscore dork. What was an actual case of you not liking something until you had a good one? That's a good question. Um... I don't really know. Maybe, maybe. Oh, I know one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mind sour beer, sour oh, wow. beers. Yeah, uh, and I, I hated the the first couple, and it wasn't even acquired tasting. It was I was getting the wrong type and wrong ones, and then I went and got some at a local place here that has is like known for their sour beers, and I, they're not bad. Uh, oysters. Okay. Uh, the first two or three times I had oysters. Basically, my mother-in-law made me try the oyster, and and I just I just felt like like guilted into into trying it, and it was uh, sandy. Have you ever had a sandy oyster? I don't eat oysters, but this is, this is not a euphemism, by the way. But uh, the the uh, <laughs> you know, and there actually there's actually like tiny little bits of sand in some oysters where you're chewing the oyster, and you bite on sand which oh, is that's the worst the, the worst feeling yeah. in your mind oh it's, it's just terrible right and so for a long time I, I swore off i said you know i don't like eating sand i you know maybe that's just me maybe i'm maybe i'm the weird one who doesn't love sand um you know as a as a meal but then i then i went to like a, a really fancy restaurant one year for melissa's birthday and i had these oysters and they were amazing just incredible and they that's the only place well where i will eat oysters it's called addies and anybody in the maryland dc area will know addies is the place to go for oysters you heard it here first folks that's right next question we're gonna we're gonna go to this restaurant question since we were just talking about that it's from at w carl russell what do you do when you find a hair in your food at a restaurant i mean maybe i'm maybe i am not in the majority, probably, 
that's the case. I just toss it aside and keep eating. Yeah, look, I'm so non-confrontational that I just don't care. I mean, it's, do it's not it's not worth the hassle. My wife is the opposite. If she, but she also is one of like you know you have very few things that uh, or, or maybe a handful of things that really really just like gross you out. That's one of those things for her. So she she would send it back immediately. But me, I just I just kind of eat through it. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I I I'm not I'm not happy about it. You know, I'm I'm somewhat disgusted, mildly disgusted. Uh, which is the name of my book, my upcoming uh, autobiography. Um, but the, the uh, you know, I guess I guess if I wanted a free meal, I would complain because they they will they will comp you if you complain about a hair in your food. I've I've seen that happen. But look, I've I've got the Patreon money, brother. I, I don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next question is from at Michael Scullin One. Would you rather fight DK Metcalf or Derrick Henry? <laughs> I saw that question. That's a good question. And I was, I was, I actually like ran away from the laptop. I, um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd rather fight DK Metcalf because he has no agility. Oh, so you could like move we, around? We, we, yeah, we saw that tested. He, he can't. He has no no lateral agility. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry seems like a really nice. Uh, down to earth, dude. They don't both, they both though do that. That's the thing is, I don't think either of them would be big fighters. Uh, I well, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry, even when someone like like tackles him in an unnecessarily uh, rough way, he he doesn't even he he's not one of these running backs who gets up and and goes you know uh, uh, loses his mind. Yeah, right, right. Um. Uh, but if I had to choose, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess you make a good point with uh, DK Metcalf, who, by the way, uh, I have to say that I completely, I missed on Metcalf this year. I'm not, not as a draft prospect, but as a, as a fantasy asset, I missed on him more than maybe anybody uh, in, in the league. I did not think that any sort of volume would, would go his way. And I, and I just want to say, may I call Paul on that? Yeah, he had a he had a really underrated season. He did. Uh, this next question is from at FF Take Machine. What fictional character death affected you most emotionally? Personally, I'd have to go with Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself. <laughs> did you? There, there was a there was a truck driving around the Virginia Capitol with a huge light up sign that says Epstein did not kill himself. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. Level. Yeah. It was uh, something. Um, the, the, the fictional character. So that tweet happens every month, people, and then and then people start quote tweeting it, and it's it's the same. It happens all the time. I, I've I've quote tweeted it with the same answer every single time. Whenever I see it, the the answer is G Baby from the movie Hardball. I have no idea what you're talking about, Denny. Denny, I just spoiled the movie for you, but man, you got to watch Hardball. It's that movie where Keanu Reeves takes over that baseball team. Oh. It's a very, very good movie. Oh, my God. And one of the kids dies? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just spoiled. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, that, that movie's only 15 years old. You ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like an incredibly sad scene. Like, like you're going to cry when you watch that scene. Um, Who was the guy on Three's Company? John Ritter. So, apparently, when I was, like, four years old. He, he died IRL. Yeah, he did. He did. And I was I was sad about that. Yeah. Um uh he died very young. But the uh, when when I my mom tells me that when I was four years old, I used to love Three's Company. Love it. 
and there was a scene where John Ritter gets shot. I don't. I don't remember that happening. Apparently, that that happened. I've never looked it up in the you know in the meantime. But apparently, there's a scene where he gets shot, and you know you are the, the assumption is that he he's dead. He's just lying on the floor, and she said that I absolutely lost it. That I was uh, beyond emotional, and and I was not an emotional kid. Like this was a very strange reaction. She was very alarmed by. By my reaction to to uh, this Three's Company's uh, death, so I guess I guess John Ritter on Three's Company. I, I want to first off, I gotta look at this after the show and see if this is even a real thing. I, I, <laughs> because I, it I, sounds I, so outrageous. I, it it does it does doesn't it? But yeah, I think that he was shot and he I think he fell over a couch if I remember correctly. Wow. Okay, I'll have to look at that after the show. Uh, this last question for the DGAF show is from at F Football Dragon. This is this is this is such a a very very uh, a strong take here. Why do you get sympathy when you vomit, but get shamed when you have diarrhea? <laughs> it's that's so a, true. It's that's so a good. True. That's a good question, man. That's such a good question. Do you remember in elementary school, what like kids would just vomit all the time in hallways and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and 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 then there would just be powder on the ground because that's how they would clean it up. They'd they'd. They'd clean up the vomit. They'd put some powder on, and you knew that that's where someone would throw up. But if someone in like elementary school got sick and threw up, it was like a huge deal, and everyone felt really bad for that kid. But if someone was sitting in uh, their classroom and had the runs, and they had to go to the bathroom, everyone's just pointing and laughing at that person. That's right. Or or the ch- the teacher would challenge them and be like, "Are you really sick?" Yeah, right. And they're shitting their pants while yeah. the teacher's saying that. And you and you're like, "Yeah, I've been to the bathroom eleven times over the past forty minutes. Yes, I'm sick." <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, man. That's a good question because, I mean, if I had to choose one, I would just choose the vomit. Honestly, you you would you would rather you would rather wait. wait, wait. Wait, you're choosing if you want to go diarrhea or if you want to vomit. I would go vomit. You would go one diarrhea versus one vomit. Oh, oh, oh! I thought we're talking about one vomit versus like like many. Okay, well, okay, we can we can talk about this too. Okay, I I I don't know if the listeners want to hear it because (laughs) they're so grossed out. Like 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 five bathroom trips. Like what what number is the number of bathroom trips before it tips the scale? Yeah, I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna go three. Three, so so if you had to go to the bathroom four times, you would rather just vomit. That oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think my number is like seven or eight. Oh really? Yeah, it's just it's yeah, I'd say so. I mean, so it you, depends you, depends on where. If I'm in the comfort of my own home, yeah, probably. You, I hate you, I hate vomiting. It's well, yeah, I, you know, I don't love it. You know, <laughs> it's not my favorite thing. Uh, I might if I had another white rush right now, I definitely would vomit. Um, <laughs> I have diarrhea too, but the uh, <laughs> this is what happened. You guys make me drink on air, and 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 I'm a disaster. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that I would go with that because you know, just the 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 physical discomfort is it's over immediately with vomit. Yeah, sure, that's that's fair, that's fair, and usually, usually, you know, I might start to lean maybe towards like five. Man, I, I I feel like the listeners might agree with me more, but I don't know. No, I don't know. It just it's like there's a lot of variations to this, so it's it's hard to it's hard to definitively answer. I mean, we're talking about one 
terrible feeling with you know like throwing up that last that lasts three seconds, and then it, and then it's over. Yeah, but okay, okay. So I was thinking more with the vomiting of like a like a a, a trip to the like you're kneeling in front of the toilet. And it's just not a good experience for a longer period of time. Not, I literally walked to the toilet. It came out of my mouth. I was done in three seconds and walked away. Oh, okay, okay. So you're you're talking, uh, you know, more like uh, streaming Nick Foles in week fifteen. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It, it lingered a little bit. You know, okay. It hurt, it hurt a little bit. All right, Denny. That's going to do it for the last show of the 2019 fantasy season. I know it's 2020 wow. now. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, seriously, folks, we are. I, I am going to have two, sometimes three podcasts, which are 15-minute podcasts on the LTS Patreon page. And then JJ and I are going to do one monthly uh, podcast that will be available only on Patreon. And you can sign up for as little as a dollar. So do it. Do it. Uh, I'm on Twitter at LateRoundQB. I'll still be doing the Late Round podcast, my other one, twice a week uh, instead of four times a week. It's been nice to not have to talk so much I the, bet. Last, the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's still going to be going on. But like Denny said, I'll be on Patreon more during the off season. It's going to be great. Lots of fun. Denny, how was that white Russian? Uh, well, it's over now. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty toasty. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be sick, but it was nice reliving the worst, the worst night of my life, which is the, the night I had eight of these. And I can see why they destroyed me. Maybe a milkshake will make it all better. Let's let's get one. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you at some point in the future. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Lakegroundqb.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.